Let's talk about that pressing national matter of earwax buildup. Article by Sam McManus in last Sunday's B. And by the way, Mr. McManus is a fine writer. The deficiencies of this article have nothing to do with him. They have to do with the kind of quotes that are passed along as authoritative. This comes from a doctor who works for the Mercy Medical Group. He was quoted in the article as saying the following. We've learned in medicine that the body was built in a magnificent way, and the more we do invasively, the more problems we have. A statement I'm pretty sure your average surgeon would not agree with. He goes on. Earwax was designed for a purpose, to basically lubricate the canal skin and also fight infection. It's a good thing. The article goes on to claim that the more than 12 million people a year seek medical treatment for impacted wax or the pain, pressure, itching, and tinnitus that serves as its manifestations. The article then goes on to sort of imply that the Q-tip is responsible for this. The article implies that if you use a Q-tip, you could push the wax in your ear deeper into your ear canal. My experience now with about quarter century of uh, first-hand dealings with ears impacted with uh, wax, um, tell me differently. It's been my experience that people who use Q-tips in their ears don't come to visit the clinic for impacted wax. In my experience, virtually everyone I've ever seen with impacted earwax was following the advice of our ear, nose, and throat surgeons and healthcare officials who told us never put anything in your ear smaller than your elbow is in fact those people who never clean their ears that wind up with impacted wax. I know this because for a couple of decades I've asked the patients. And very commonly they will have a befuddled look on their face as they explain to me, no, no, I never do that, doctor. Adding, but you know, it's funny. I get my ears filled up with wax all the time and have to come in and have it removed. I don't disagree with everything in this article. If you're spending money on candles to try and pull the wax out of your ear, you're wasting your money at best. Ear candling does not create enough draw or suction from heat rising around the flame to do you any good. And uh, having a flame a couple inches from your head is, is problematic. I also agree that you should not try to use dental water jets to try and clean out your own ear. But the notion that if you use a Q-tip, all you're going to do is uh, drive wax down into your ear. All I can say is at this point, it's an urban legend. I say that because based in my experience, if people clean their ears out, they don't come see me. And it's true, if you stick something in your ear, a Q-tip or whatever in an effort to extract wax, you can get into trouble. Over the past two and a half decades, I've seen 10, 12, maybe 15 people get in trouble because they'd shoved a Q-tip in their ear. I would compare that to approximately 3,000 people I've seen personally who got in trouble because they put nothing in their ear. You do the math. Does it seem like a reasonable risk to you? Once while expressing this viewpoint as a, as a, a family practice uh, resident, my preceptor took great issue with what I was saying and asked, do you use a Q-tip in your ear? And I said, I sure do. I look forward to it every other morning. He then said, I'm sure you've shoved all the wax down into your ear canal. I said, in fact, I'm sure I've got the cleanest ears in the room. You want to look? 
He promptly grabbed the otoscope off the wall and took a look, and seemed astonished to find that I had clean ears. I'd say this, ask your doctor or nurse if they use a Q-tip to clean their ear out. Eh, actually, no, don't ask them during a, during, during a visit when you're the patient. Ask them at a cocktail party. Ask them when you're fishing. Ask them when you're just interacting with them socially if they use a Q-tip to clean their ear out. I'll give you two to one odds, maybe three to one odds, that the truthful answer, if you get one, is going to be, why, yes, I do, but don't you try it. I could go on and on, but I'd better not. I'm sure that's going to generate some, uh, some feedback, so please send that to info at radioparallax.com, especially, especially if you're an otolaryngologist, because I've pretty much had it with you guys. Well, it appears I've used up all my time to talk about the bank bailout. Fortunately, we've got a few minutes left. Uh, I want to quote a letter to the editor of Sacramento Bee, Martin Owens, who said, Treasury Secretary Henry Paulson was, quote, visibly angry, unquote, that his power grab had been voted down. Who the hell is he to be angry with anyone? He's one of the people that got us into this jam. He says, give me all your money or you'll all be broke. It's as though they promoted Jack the Ripper to run the emergency room. What's interesting about this is that, uh, that uh, as, we, uh, as we go to uh, press here, the Senate is going to take this matter up because the House, and of course you know the House of Representatives, is something where you must be returned every two years. Whereas during every election cycle, only one-third of the Senate is being re-elected or not. And when this bill went before the House, well, it failed. David Lightman, writing for the McClatchy newspapers, noted that... Uh, that all across the country, voters bombarded their congressional offices protesting almost in unison. Don't bail out renegade financial executives and companies. The 228 House votes against the plan included 95 Democrats and 133 Republicans, a mix of conservatives, liberals, and members in tough re-election fights. And we're going we're gonna to spend some time in next week's show looking at, uh, at what some of these knuckleheads earned on these companies that they drove into the toilet. MSNBC.com article notes that uh, following an $8.4 billion write-down at Merrill Lynch last year, the news that the head of the firm would be leaving with more than $160 million in stock op options and retirement perks uh, outraged a few people. In 2006, O'Neill had been paid $46 million, making him the nation's second-highest-paid uh, CEO behind Lloyd Blankfein, the CEO of Goldman Sachs, who made $54 million. Article by Kevin G. Hall of the McClatchy newspapers uh, noted that um, Henry Paulson might not be the guy to trust in fixing all this because uh, he was part of the gold rush uh, that brought the global financial system to the brink of collapse. From 1999 until 2006, when he took over the Treasury Department, uh, Mr. Paulson uh, was the head of Goldman Sachs and Company. When it was involved in all these so-called mortgage-backed securities, Goldman's pre-tax earning... Uh, jumped from $4 billion to $8 billion between 2003 and 2005. We'll return to that and have to close, I think, with an article uh, by Chalmers Johnson, which you can find on truthout.org, who noted that last week, while all this stuff was raging about, uh, about the $700 billion, the House of Representatives passed a $612 billion defense authorization bill for 2009 without so much as a murmur of public protest. This, by the way, didn't... Uh, didn't, didn't include all the military expenses, 
expenditures that are hidden in the budgets for the Department of Energy, the Department of State, the Treasury Department, the Department of Veterans Affairs, and the CIA. Factor all that in and we're spending a trillion dollars a year on defense, an amount larger than all other national defense budgets in the world combined. And by the way, that doesn't include all of the supplemental spending bills that have been financing the war in Iraq. That's just what the Pentagon gets for starters. And unfortunately, I think we have to close on that unhappy note. But I hate to go out in a downer, so let's go out with one final quip. Konrad Adenauer, the former uh, German prime minister, who once said, the good Lord sets definite limits on man's wisdom, but sets no limits on his stupidity. And that's just not fair. Our thanks to our old pal Will Durst and to Darren Miller, author of Web of Conspiracy. We expect our next week's program to be joined by Dave Lynch, who's running for Congress as a write-in against Doris Matsui. Congressman Matsui does appear to be missing in action on some of the issues that I know a lot of listeners are concerned about, and uh, we'll hear from Dave Lynch and what he'd propose to do if he finds himself in Washington. This program was produced by Edward McMillan. You've been listening to Radio Parallax. I'm Douglas Everett, and we'll see you next week at the same time.